Welcome to the Independent Oxford podcast produced by Story94 at their podcast studio here in Oxford. I'm Rosie and I'll be guiding you through inspiring indie stories from businesses across Oxfordshire to help you find out more about the shops, cafes, studios and spaces that make up our local communities. Hello friends, I'm Rosie and welcome to this episode of the Indie Oxford podcast. Uh, Today I am joined by Cass from the Oxford Weaving Studio in Jericho. Hi Cass. Hi Rosie, how are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? Okay. Good. So let's dive in. So um, tell us a bit about your background and why you set up the Oxford Weaving Studio. Yeah, so um, I moved to Oxford Uh, I guess it's almost seven years ago now. And it was after I'd lived in Hertfordshire and London. And um, it more or less started out from when I finished my studies. I had all this time sort of between having kids and having a break where I moved to Oxford and realized, okay, now is the time to really jumpstart my career. I'd had a sort of, I say what I call a false start when I was in London, because after I graduated, I won an award for my, uh, for my work, which enabled me to be in a studio. But being in a studio with young kids and traveling around the M25 to get back to Hertfordshire, life was very, very complicated. So it was really only when I came to Oxford that I thought I have the time to do something more for me. And um, yeah, it kind of jumped right in at the chance. Amazing. So tell me about your studies and and the kind of path to interweaving for you. Yeah. So um, like many people who study sort of midway in a career or change careers midway, um, I actually studied engineering when I was a kid. Uh, I grew up in Montreal in Canada and I studied engineering because I was very good at sciences. Um, Well, it turned out maths, maybe not so much, Um, but I was also really very creative, but there wasn't really a pathway for me to, um, to find out and explore whether that creative side of me would have been something I wanted to do. So it was easier just to go into engineering. And I did that degree for about two and a half years before I discovered actually, um, one, I hated it. And two, I got found out I wasn't as good at maths as I I originally thought. And I was really miserable. So I decided not to finish the degree. And then I took my time to, to work out what I wanted to do. I basically had sort of 10, 12 years where I was, uh, working, I went traveling, did a lot of traveling around the world, um, found myself in England at the end of all those travels. And I also met my husband, who was, of course, boyfriend at the time. And we were trying to work out a way for me to actually come and stay to the UK. So my visas had expired. And I thought, well, actually, I'd never finished a degree. That was a big sticking point for me. And I thought, actually, I want to do something creative. So I found uh lots of short courses. Um, I tried just about everything I could, you know, to build on the things that I'd done while I was traveling. I mean, I was doing all creative things just for the fun of it. But now I had the chance to focus on working out what I liked. And I discovered weaving. And weaving was the best combination of my skill set. It's really mechanical. It's methodical. You need to understand structure, much like, you know, engineering and sort of architecture, which is sort of where I saw myself all those years ago. And then I had the creative side to combine it. So it was really an easy combination of my skill set. So, yeah, weaving became the thing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, So where did you do your degree and and how did... So you did an undergrad and then... 
What was your journey from there? Yeah. So I did a foundation first because I was still trying to work out what I wanted to do. I, I thought it was going to be graphic design and I realized, oh my God, I hate being on a computer. And um, then got into, um, found textiles within the BA and then went on to graduate with my with my BA and I got a first class degree, which actually kind of surprised me at the time. Everybody else said it was pretty obvious, but I just thought as a mature student, actually, it's like a job. You work really hard and do well at it. And actually, whatever the results are, I didn't care, you know, but I think it was the fact that I, the penny had dropped. Um, I had a baby in the middle of that degree too. So maybe now I can actually pat myself on the back and think that was more of an achievement than maybe just finishing, you know. Um, but no, I know I loved it. I love, I would go back, you know, and, and do more studies if I could, but life is complex now. So, so do you think some of that kind of um, like self motivation, that kind of, you know, self-starter element of doing a degree, having a baby, all of those things, you're having to kind of man- do a lot of time management. Yeah. Do you think that's really kind of played into your, you know, running a business and and having to kind of just manage so much of that yourself and, and kind yeah. of, you know, get, get it all going? And- yeah, no, no, for sure. I think, I think when it comes to running your own business, it is much like running a family and, you know, there's lots of, you've got your fingers in lots of pies. You're always, you know, there's lots of balls in the air and I drop them regularly and just try not to stress too much about it. But yeah, for sure. I think I'm always, I've always been like that though. I think my problem has always been that I take on way too much and um, say yes to everything because I'm so keen. And I think having studied as a mature student as well, having, you know, retrained as an adult, changes your perspective on what you want to get out of a career and how you want how you want your career to progress because your motivation is different from when you maybe start off when you're younger. Mm, yeah, I think that's a really good point. So you then moved to Oxford. So what? why did you decide to move to Oxford? What was your... Um, well, we were in Hertfordshire at the time and my husband was commuting into London, as, as was I, you know, with my studying and then, you know, start of starting my studio. Um, and we joked and said we didn't want to commute. And of course, the commute just got longer by being in Oxford, certainly for him, because he still regularly goes to London, whereas I wanted to be based in the city, in a city that I enjoyed being in. It was just there was a lot more going on in Oxford than there was um, in Hertfordshire where we were living. But also, um, I guess the atmosphere and the vibe in the city is very much actually it suits me down to a T because I um, when I sort of came to England, we had kids. Although we travel quite a lot compared to probably most people, for me, that was, I wasn't traveling at all. And actually, when I'm in Oxford, I feel sometimes like I am traveling because I meet people from all different cultures, backgrounds. It's really multicultural. People are so interesting, clever, and just the variety of people that you come across here. For me, it feels like a great place to be and, you know, and to bring up a family, of course, well, and to work, you know, mm. I think that's also great. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose some of that, that traveling, doing all of that before you study, you kind of, it gets, gets in your bones, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 you. for sure. Yeah, it's like, you know, you use a lot of the things, like I still, you know, get inspiration from my travels. You know, I wouldn't say there's anything specific, but I always have my camera with me, of course, and I'm always taking images. And I, you know, now, you know, even though when I'm you know building a collection, it might not come from one source, it might come from 20 of different different places we've been and I just use imagery from sort of all of those with a connected theme and so traveling has still been a big part of you know but me and you know living here and my work I guess. <laughs> yeah so was that always a kind of um, something that 
you you did a lot uh, as a child was that kind of part of your family kind of creativity and traveling and kind of you know picking yeah. up all those amazing experiences yeah creativity for sure my mum was amazing is amazing I mean the stuff that she taught me as a young kid I mean I did like flower arranging at age eight I think and you know well our text this is really showing you know my how old I am but like in the 80s and uh, 70s and 80s there's like you know painting and you know yeah pretty much I could do anything because my mum could, you know, or at least I tried it. Not that I was good at a lot of things. And actually the one thing I was terrible at, well, in my mind certainly, was drawing. And so I had, you know, that's probably part of the reason why I didn't go through a creative career because the paths, there weren't many options, which meant that, um, yeah, so I went down the engineering route. But in terms of, you know, other things like traveling, yeah, my parents, you know, um, we didn't do a lot of foreign travel. You know, we did a lot sort of towards the States. That's mainly where we went. But my parents were very open and always encouraging. And when the opportunity came to come to Europe when I was 17 on a school trip where you do, uh, I think you do 21 days um, in seven countries in 21 days and people like tick off their list like, yep, I've done Europe. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this only scratches the surface. So, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely traveling started early and that's part of the reason why I'm obviously in the UK. I don't think I, you know, even I had the opportunity to go to lots of different places to sort of to settle. And actually I love the UK for just, yeah, diversity. Um, and still, yeah, it's a you know source of inspiration moving around and trying, seeing new places. Amazing. And it's interesting that you talk about, you know, having drawing as a bit of a block and that, you know, that kind of sent you off in that, in a different direction. Um, you know, towards more, you know, engineering and, and the math side. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, that's, a, that's a really inspiring story to hear that, you know, despite the fact that, you know, that felt like it was cut off for you at an early age, you've kind of come back around to yeah, it. Yeah, found a solution to it. Well, yeah. yeah, well, I think that was the biggest problem because when I, I remember looking at the options I had um, to study in, you know, to study un at university and back, um, I guess, I guess it was the late, 80s, early 90s, when I was looking for my degree courses, there were university courses and then there were um, what we called DECs, which were like a three years. Like, I guess here it would be a um, uh, like a professional program as opposed to a degree. And I was always keen to get like a degree. And the only options were fine art or graphic design. And like I said, I worked out early on that actually I didn't want to do something that was necessary on the computer. It sounded really cool, but it wasn't the the right route. They didn't have like degree level. And in the fine art, I, I can't draw. I didn't enjoy it. It was a stressful process for me. So I just went down the easier route, which was neither, you know, and obviously it wasn't the easier route, but I worked out with time that weaving gave me the ability, uh, sitting at a loom gave me the ability to be creative in a way that didn't have to be literal. So I could take the ideas that were in my head and, you know, create and feel successful in that to get an outcome rather than always struggling to get something down on paper. You know, like even my tutors at university, you know, they, I remember my final year, they're like, can, you know, your sketchbook isn't showing what you're trying to progress. And they were trying to flesh out whether I had a clue what I wanted to do. I said, look, give me two weeks on a loom and I'll tell you what the ideas are. And thankfully, maybe I was strong enough to defend myself at this stage. Um, and she just gave me the time. And then I showed her the work. She's like, okay, carry on, you know, because I just couldn't get those ideas out on paper. And it's like, that's the thing you need to, I think, work out in life is that if you want to do something creative, and I 
talk with Claire from Creativity Found quite often about it is that, you know, there are other solutions to, to, to you know, to solving your problem. It's, you know, there's no one size fits all. And mm. you just have to keep trying until you find one that suits you. Yeah. Find your own path to create creativity. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so tell us a bit about the Oxford Weaving Studio. Yeah. So the Oxford Weaving Studio um, is the space that I was able to um, sort of start up because I came to Oxford. Uh, it also uh, came about because I was able to find a bigger space at Makespace Oxford, where um, where I was in a community, um, not only of creatives and other small businesses and charities kind of in Oxford, but also a community within Oxford, um, where it was very close to a lot of people who would likely come and want to do workshops, which is a big thing that I wanted to do. Because I had a studio originally near the train station, and it was more just for my making, you know, for my designing. And I love that, but I, I'm a people person, you know, I like being around people. And uh, I really enjoy teaching, which is something that kind of came about after having a sort of a studio on my own for a year. People kept asking, do you do workshops? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> I, I wasn't ready for it, but I made myself ready for it. And actually, was the, that was the big step. And that's how the Oxford Weaving Studio particularly came about, because I still had my design brand, which I've kept. And I still do design work for clients and sort of it's more commission based. Um, but I stopped sort of creating products to sell because I just thought, actually, if I'm doing more commission-based stuff, it's more of the interesting work that I get to do. So I get to focus on it, spend more time on that, but also have the option to teach others. And it's something I really love. And in uh, the community where I am in Jericho, I have, um, you know, there's young kids that come. I do after-school stuff with children. I do I teach workshops for adults. I get a lot of private one-on-ones because weaving is quite intense. And sometimes it's, you know, uh, very methodical and people want that sort of specific time to work with it with you to get through all the information so um yeah the oxford weaving studio is is a lot about teaching and it's also um it's about you know providing all the right materials and looms and tools and yarn um for weaving specifically because there's a lot of weaving out there and a lot of people are teaching it and a lot of people offer products and stuff but I think because I've studied textiles and actually my strength is materials that's the one thing that I um, I would say of all the things that I'm good at with weaving is the material base um, you know based products and so yeah so I try and create things that I think people will find useful with the knowledge that I know that they work and you know I know how that they how they weave and and feel and yeah I think it's just the you know quality materials. Mm, yeah. So do you feel that 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 the kind of um social impact of the Oxford weaving studio is is something that you've always thought about or do you think that's something that's going to come out and you've you've kind of felt that. Yeah, both, okay. both. I mean, weaving is such a niche craft. Everybody knits, everybody crochets, you know, the crafters out there, I'm sure lots of people don't, but, you know, people, when they think craft, you know, they think knitting probably is one of the first things that come, or paper craft or something. Weaving is very niche. So to create a community of weavers was always a big ask. But what, it, what I was kind of trying to create, I think, was a community of, um, of like-minded creative people. I don't expect that when people come to do workshops that necessarily they're go going to become weavers. They might enjoy it and, and that might be one of their craft skills, but really it's about tapping into their own creativity and using weaving to unlock maybe a different aspect like it did for me in a way that, you know, people learn differently, people think differently, 
and they have different skill sets that they bring to the table. So when they come and they weave with me, I, you know, it feels like I'm creating a different group of people to just, yeah, broaden their minds, you know, not, ne- not necessarily weavers, although it'd be fantastic if everybody, you know, tried weaving because it's so good for, you know, your mental health and, you know, just well-being. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's for me, I love it. But, you know, I don't expect everybody to have that same passion when they come out. <laughs> do, do you get the kind of people that would say that they're not creative at all coming to you? Loads of people. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really say, yeah. And I said, no, I'm going to change your mind, you know, not because, again, it's the weaving. But I think, you know, people really, I get a lot of um, sort of academics. I get a lot of sort of sci- people working in science um, who say that they're not creative. And I say, well, actually, you know, there's creativity in everything you do. You know, a writer is creative. You know, people um, who can tap into their creativity, they can apply that in different, like in business. And I think going forward, as everything automates, you know, as people become more reliant on computers making decisions for them, I think actually it's the creative people who are going to come out ahead. You know, those are the people that, so, you know, I, I w- would love to change people's minds and say, you're not creative. Well, I think there is something for you. It may not be weaving. But there, you know, you'll find something if you if you look hard enough. Yeah, and it's a good way to explore whether whether it is right for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I, that's how I did it. I mean, I tried literally probably everything that um, you know. I worked in loads of different jobs. I tried lots of different crafts, and and you know, and I found the one thing that was that set, and it took me twelve years. Not to discourage anybody thinking it can happen overnight. It can. It can just click. But for me, that journey was a lot longer, and I just kept kept going until I found it. So you talked about the materials and how that's a kind of big part of what you offer at the Oxford Weaving Studio. Would you say that's that's kind of your your inspiration, your your influence? Or have you had like somebody, was there somebody at, at university that really inspired you to to kind of, I don't know, embrace weaving in the way that you do now? Yeah. So I think I'm, that's an interesting question. I, I often get asked who, you know, who inspires you? I think I'm really inspired by making and exploring new techniques and learning. I think that's like when I design a collection, it almost always starts exclusively from something that I've learned. So I'm very much a practical weaver, um, you know, uh, you know, there are some artists who are more abstract in their thinking. Mine is always comes from a practical standpoint to begin with. So I might be interested in, um, uh, I was wanting to learn to work with a material first that then evolved into learning how to felt and trying to understand how the material worked. So I almost always start with, you know, something that I, that's tangible and then it may go a bit, you know, abstract and then I may come back to kind of the more the practical element of it. So it's about experimenting and working out what things kind of work. And then that's how I just, des- you know, I design both for my own work, but when I'm thinking about what other people may want to learn, like I'm trying to create new things for people to kind of, um, you know, to learn themselves so that they feel motivated, not always just creating one thing all the time. Mm. So there's, there's the kind of technical element of exploring how fabrics work and and kind of, yeah, bringing that all together, but also in a creative context. Yeah. I find it really interesting. Um, I think you've, you've posted online about how... Um, how like scenery influences you and and I suppose it's kind of drawing in that that thread of travel yes it's kind of looking at things yeah you know, like a, a seascape or something might you know influence how you would put together yeah yeah absolutely no you're right I think you know when I say influences yeah I'm probably like things stick in my mind I take I have over 40,000 photographs saved on my Instagram and that's, you know, like traveling, it's always there. And I think when I do something practical, I then 
obviously I'm drawing on something. Something is coming from my memory, photograph that I've had. And then I use that imagery to then reinforce kind of the craft. And then I kind of delve into it more about in terms of color and texture and, you know, scale. Scale is another thing. So all of those things kind of play into, you know, creating something um, in the end. So um, if somebody has um, wants to explore your, your uh, Oxford Weaving Studio and explore weaving for the first time Mm -hmm. um how how would they how would they find you could you describe where you are and what your studio is like in Jericho yeah sure well it's full of color um and texture people regularly just poke their nose into my studio just because it's so bright and happy um it's often quite um lived in. It's a working studio. So when people come, you know, I, obviously it, it's clean and tidy for them to be able to have space to work. But also, you know, I have lots of looms in there and I have lots of my products kind of dotted around just, um, yeah, have kind of works in progress as well. So there's always stuff to kind of um, to look at and be inspired by. I think actually that's the message that people often say to me when they come in, they just go, wow. And then, and you know, come out and say, oh my God, that was so inspiring. I love seeing all the stuff that you've got there because there is a lot in a very... In a, in a small studio, um, but it's also hopefully a creative place where other people, you know, can get um, ideas from. Because I think when you're learning, you need to be able to understand what is possible, at least the scope for it. You might start small and think, you know, in one direction, but, you know, I try to get people to understand that there's lots that you can do with weaving specifically um, and beyond and even, you know, bringing in other skill sets. So I like to, for people to sort of think big. So it's it's great to be able to have people in that space. Um, and yeah, and then when they're in there, then it just, you know, they're, they're ready to, to go. <laughs> so you're based in Makespace, which yep. is in Jericho. That's right. So talk a bit about um, the building and, and the kind of community there, because that's a big part, uh, you know, as you were talking earlier about, you know, running a business and having having that that kind of support around you. Yeah. So there's a lot of different businesses at Makespace. There's charities, there are small businesses, there are creatives. And I think the fact that there is such a diverse group of people in there who are super supportive and friendly um, and welcoming makes it really, really easy. So it's a nice place to work, first of all, because um, I worked in a place before which, you know, had, you know, yeah, people who aren't as sensitive, I think, to new businesses, small businesses. And I think that's a big part of like, you know, the journey that I've had is I found it really tough at the beginning to get started because I didn't have any knowledge about running a business or skill set. And it took me a while to discover that actually there's a really strong indie vibe in Oxford. But I was oblivious to it before because all I could see was a university. You know, everything from in my mind was smothered by that. I was thinking, yeah, this is not a creative place. Like, why would people come to Oxford and be creatives? I just couldn't see it. And I can now see that there's a really strong one, but it's, you know, it's still, it's still hidden, but there's a lot of people who do support it here in Oxford. And especially, I guess, in, in Jericho, it's a nice, you know, community, which would love to have more creative people specifically, I guess, um, in the area. And I think also Makespace do a great job of supporting people like myself to help me get you know, on that step, you know, uh, the first few years, they were, yeah, they've done quite a lot for me to, to kind of help, well, motivate me, but also just the support financially, giving me the space and also just, yeah, really great people supporting all around. Mm, yeah, it's a great community. Yeah. So would you say that that's kind of the best bit about running your own business is kind of being part of that community and, and finding that kind of, you know, having your eyes 
opened to the yeah. fact that you have this amazing kind of community in Oxford. Yeah, yeah. There are, there are so many different people that I've met as a result of running a small business. And I'm, you know, I'm not shy. I'm not, you know, kind of a quiet person <laughs> by nature. But, you know, when it comes to talking to people about my business, it was not something that I naturally started to want to do. But the more questions I had, I realized, oh, actually, lots of people have the same problem as I do. And that makes a big difference, you know, being able to talk about running a small business and juggling things, you know, how other people do it. Other people have families too. You know, how how do you manage? Um, and yeah, no, I love that aspect of it. So when you're not uh, doing all things Oxford Weaving Studio, <laughs> which I know is probably quite yeah. a small amount of time. <laughs> yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take, okay, yeah. even less. <laughs> um, what do you What do you love to do in your in your spare time? Yeah, if that is such a thing. Yeah, world? no, no, I do. I mean, actually, I love weaving um, because that's some. You know, that's the one thing that I don't find myself doing a lot of these days. But no, I mean outside of my creative sort of, um, yeah, my, my work and, and weaving. No, I love to, I love sports, actually. I love uh, cycling. I like being outdoors. We love skiing uh, as a family. So we go skiing every year, a couple of times if we can. Um, yeah, hiking outdoors. I think that's the thing you need to, weaving is actually a physically demanding and um, tiring kind of craft, like many. And as I've gotten older, I've worked out that actually I need to be doing other things to help my body, you know, make it easier. So being outside and active and getting the fresh air and taking actually a lot of holidays, as many as we can. So whenever my kids are, um, you know, there's a half term, we try and sneak away wherever it is, even for a few days, because that really changes your perspective. And it gives you the opportunity to step away from what it is you're doing like 24 seven. And actually for me, that's that, that works really well. And that's when I get the, the outdoors and I just kind of try and forget about what I'm doing. And then I come back actually with a better mindset often and just more clarity and focus so that I am more efficient, um, you know, with time. And then I enjoy it sort of, you know, yeah, I enjoy what I do probably even more because I have that out outlet. Mm. And and I suppose it's, I, th I think it's quite a common thing in, in business owners that you kind of work so intensely and it's almost like you're kind of sprinting and that having these gaps is actually quite yeah. important. So making sure that, you know, you've got a month of like really full on solid work, but then you've got something at the end of it that you're, yeah. that you've, you know, you're having a break, you're having a bit of time away. Yeah. Even if it's just yeah, a day or a weekend Yeah, yeah, or yeah. I mean, we do, we do quite well. You know, I think that's one of my, 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 one of my struggles actually in my family is because my husband has a regular job where he works nine to five. Well, actually not at all nine to five, but during the week, you know, he has his weekends and his holidays, whereas I'm always feeling like I need to be doing stuff at some point, but he's been quite good in helping me to find the discipline. And I think the more that I understand what my business is about as well, it's a journey, right? You know, you don't know when you're starting out necessarily what your business is going to end up like, and it's changed and evolved over the last three years. So I think now I kind of I know the things I don't need to do and I know the things that I should focus on and the things I should stress out on and the things that I really should just let, let it go, you know, um, and that has come with, you know, the time that I've put in. And now I feel a lot more confident with the direction because I kind of know more what it's about and what I want it to be about. And having that community around you that's, you know, finding that support and being able to kind of ask questions when you're struggling yeah. or yeah. experimenting with something new. Yeah, for sure. So in, in terms of that community, um, what other indies do you kind of really love to, 
to collaborate with or um, support in, in Oxfordshire? Yeah, so I love Amy from Amy Ser- Sermon Jewelry. Of course, um, she's a kindred spirit, I think. Not just because she's a creative. I think we just resonate in terms of personality fit or whatever. And she's, you know, um, I've only just met her really. Um, but I think, you know, she's running a great business. And I think, yeah, I have a lot to learn from her. Um, I like Jessie from Jessie's Art Shed. Again, she's got a few years ahead. Really, you know, young woman on a, you know, a real, yeah, I've just so impressed by her ability um, to yeah create such an exciting brand. And uh, Claire Waite Brown from Creativity Found, I think she's so, um, yeah, her mindset and just positivity and enthusiasm and energy, like, you know, and again, I think maybe with her, it's also, you know, the older, older woman changing careers, doing something different. I think that again, personality fit. And actually I'm naming only women. That's interesting. I'm like, I don't, I, I know men as well, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I just, I think that's the thing. It's when I was younger, I didn't surround myself by women as much. It tended to be men. Maybe that was the engineering sort of, you know, I always thought, oh, I want to do a man's job. Like there was a bit of, you know, I guess the mindset was different. Whereas now I think I surround myself by women and that's maybe by choice. And I think there's a lot more support out there. So yeah, interesting. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, that's really interesting. (laughs) Um, So we're coming to uh, the end of our chat today. It's been really lovely chatting to you and finding out about your your kind of background and your inspirations and influences. Um, if people want to find you online or find out how they can book onto a workshop, where's the best place to look? Yeah, so OxfordWeavingStudio.com, my website for sure. You can always email me as well. You can also find me on Instagram and again, at Oxford Weaving Studio. You type those in anywhere, <laughs> more or less. I think it's a pretty unique name. Um, yeah, and you'll find me because I'm on social media and stuff. Um, and, you know, I love I love getting questions about, you know, I've never tried weaving before. I want to give it a, as a gift. And people, yeah, because it's such a niche craft. People don't really fully understand what it's about. So, you know, fire, fire me an email, you know, get in touch. Uh, yeah, I love to, to sort of point people in the right direction. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, well, I hope you get lots of inquiries after this. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. Thank you so much for for talking to me today. Thank you, Rosie. (laughs) I'll see you soon. Okay. Cheers. You've been listening to the Infinite Oxford podcast sponsored by Story94. You can find out more about our community at independentoxford.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review and subscribe to help more people hear indie stories from across Oxfordshire. Bye for now.